Hello, and welcome to another episode of With Love From Scary Island. I'm your host, Jazz, and I'm so excited to be back in your car speakers, your ear holes, or however you're listening to this. I know I need a new intro, but hi. Um, I'm feeling drained. I have had the longest week, not a lot of sleep. I've been running around like an energetic little puppy dog, and men are coming out of the woodwork that I'd be fine not communicating with. So much to the extent that I literally checked a random astrology calendar that I got from a vendor, the meanings of the moon phases, and astrology TikTok to figure out what the hell is going on, and I still have no answers. I might revert back to Wednesday or Thursday episodes. I'm still working through it, so let me know what you think. And my reasoning is that I would love to have guests on and could give myself the weekend to curate, invite, record, edit, etc., blah, blah instead of cramming all of the watching and recording and all this fun stuff on the weekdays that the show airs because it's a lot of pressure and I'm trying to have a hot girl summer if we're being honest. Today, we'll start with pop culture news, primarily focusing on Bravo as usual, then move into our personal analysis of Below Deck episode 5 featuring the beginning storm of Hurricane Lexi, Real Housewives of Potomac episode 3, and Roni since there was no Beverly Hills this week. We'll round out with an excerpt from my first dates journal with Brian Foster Dogs, who I went out with not once, not twice, even more than thrice, after being coerced into listening to him very badly play guitar and whisper sing to me on our first date for over 35 minutes. No new reviews to read aloud, so let's change that. Wherever you're listening, hit the follow button and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help out the pod, and follow me at Scary Island Pod on Instagram for real-time updates. All aboard for Scary Island, we're diving into pop culture news. As we've seen in this season of Potomac, Wendy wants to start Onye, her own candle and home essentials line. And after her argument with Miss Mia Thornton, Mia is coming out with a candle line as well. The candles are called Don't F With Me and Karma is a Bitch, which are obviously pointed at Miss Wendy. And she posted on Instagram, the best revenge is your paper limited edition quote statement candles, which is exactly what Wendy calls them now available at, and then listed the retailer hashtag don't act with me. Hashtag karma's a bitch. Hashtag the real home essentials and Portia commented fire emojis. So I wonder if there's some drama brewing with Portia and Dr. Wendy. Was that a thing before? Did we know that? This was reported by Bravo by Betches and by Bravo Historian, as well as a few other podcasts and Bravo pages. So I'm sure we will hear a lot more of this either on Watch What Happens Live, over social, or of course, during the reunion. The next thing was about Lexi from Below Deck Med, but I think I'm going to save it for a recap. So moving on, Rihanna is Team Leah. Are we surprised? In this week's episode, when Leah and Ramona were in their argument at dinner, Leah said, I have Rihanna wearing my shit. I don't need you. And what did Rihanna do? Post on Instagram directly after promoting her new Fenty perfume, saying what was said at Ramona Singer wearing Mary to the Mob. And I'll keep it short with the last one. In terms of Free Britney news, she has a new attorney and he is petitioning to remove her father from the conservatorship. Conservatorship? Conservatorship. I cannot talk today. Oh my god, I need a break from life. Um, a temporary one. And with that, on to the Bravo Sphere with Below Deck Med episode 5. 
So we're starting to see a little bit more of Lexi's attitude. And at this point in the episode, the very beginning, I wasn't sure if she was getting a bad edit or if she was really just an evil person. I, however, don't think that Chef Matthew is getting a bad edit at all. He is literally a man-child. And as he said, annoying people is his superpower. Who even says that? Honestly, who even says that? I'm sure at this point, I'm just reading my notes that are written in like all different tenses and not really making sense. Um, I was pretty lit while I was watching this. So that makes total sense that it makes no sense. In terms of team Chef Matthew or team Hurricane Lexi, I am team no one, or as mixing with Moni says, team the table. After their tip meeting, Chef Matthew blew up about making lunch when that's literally his job. You have one job, it's making the food, presenting the food, cooking the food. Okay, maybe that's three descriptions in one job, but it seems like the entire crew has kind of banded against Chef Matthew and they're all in the mindset that he sucks and they're correct. I think he just likes to hear himself talk. I don't know if that's like a cocky chef thing or just a him thing or what, but he's got to go. I'm sick of him on my screen. Another person who likes to hear herself talk is Lexi. She is so mean. It teeters away from a TV villain and is just so vile and such bad energy or bad vibes as they seem to be obsessed with saying on the show. So they finish their tip meeting. They all go to dinner and Chef Matthew is just causing a scene at the table and being so inappropriate when they're all just trying to let loose and have fun everyone's telling him to shut up stop talking they don't want to hear what he has to say anymore and he's just not getting it it's just not appropriate and again who acts like this and we see chef matthew get up want to quit and start packing his bags when he's back at the boat and in that time when he's gone and the crew can finally be themselves around each other we get to learn more about courtney's family situation and z's story as well and they are such sweeties Another social scene that was ruined by one of the crew members is when they go back to the hot tub with Lexi, ruining a good moment with her words, and by putting her hands on Lloyd when he was clearly uncomfortable when she was calling him names, and she really did take it a step too far because this is not something that Bravo should be giving a platform to or someone they should be giving attention to at all. At this point, it's looking like Lexi is looking for a reason to be fired because even in just the way that she's speaking to Katie, there's absolutely no reason that they should keep Lexi and not get her out of there. And then she goes and puts her hands on poor Z and pushes him, which brings us to the first warranted to be continued. Moving into Potomac season six, episode three, we start with another scene with Juan and Robin, and I cannot even entertain this. Juan, give some grace to our green-eyed bandit. That brings us right into Giselle and Ashley's lunch, where they're just seeing how Ashley's feeling about the baby coming soon, and when Giselle said that Michael makes her nervous and Ashley did not even stick up for her man, that was all that needed to be said. Ashley tells Giselle that Mia said that she was just a pretty face, so I'm wondering how Giselle will bring that up because we know it's going to be shady and probably will try to steal Ashley's thunder at the Pamper Ashley Day. Then we see that Robin and Mia are going over the argument that happened with Wendy and Mia and Gordon and Mia are doing exactly the same thing. It's so interesting. When I was watching this, I realized that everyone in the group has issue with someone else right now but they're all seemingly able to come together. Candace has problems with Karen and Ashley. Giselle has very obvious issues with Karen and now Mia. 
Mia's not feeling Wendy. Robin sides with Giselle. Wendy's obviously not feeling Mia. And Ashley is the mixing spoon that stirs the Potomac pot. When Mia was talking with Gordon about their relationship with her mom that she has, or had when she was growing up. While it's very sad, they've obviously had this conversation a hundred times since it made such an impact on Mia's life. I don't understand why they act like this was the first time that they're ever talking about it, just for the sake of the cameras. Sometimes these discussions are best left for confessionals, and this is a perfect example. Going back briefly to Wendy and Mia, what is the deal with them? I like Wendy a lot, but she's doing the most with this Zen Wen, and I really feel like she's trying to solidify her position on the show, especially because a lot of these housewives, as we know, experience a second season slump. Between the plastic surgery storyline, the candle biz, being so hard on Mia, it's like literally a whole different Wendy than we saw season one. And who is this random friend of that we keep seeing come in and out of the frame? Is it Wendy's friend? How was Wendy even, how was Wendy even introduced to the group, actually? Whoever this friend of is, does she have a name? We, I, do we even know? Was I not paying attention? She's gorgeous, but it's just like a cardboard cutout in the background scenes. It's She's not really giving us much right now, but we see that she'll be in the middle of some of the drama next week in the preview, which brought us to the very end of Mia admitting that she's a stripper. We do not shame sex work on this pod, so work, Mia. Moving into Roni, where they're finally out of Salem for good. We open the episode with Luann wanting to plan a birthday party for Ramona and not 50 of her girlfriends. And they're talking about the song that Luann is recording for charity and she wants the ladies to sing a line on. Meanwhile, we see Martin. He's back and he posted the silliest post on Instagram about Dinsdale. Ebony's mission continues to get clarity around her family lineage, which seems like an accurate storyline, unlike Melissa Gorga's. And then shortly thereafter, I'm going to skip the whole part about Leah because who cares? She was being a downer. We move into Ramona and Sonia's birthday party. When I saw the nude model show up to Ramona and Sonia's dinner birthday party, my jaw fully dropped. He looks so different with clothes on. I love that the producers are getting shady like the rest of them and put little cards on both the nude model and the clothed model. Will is not sexy. He looks like Count Chocula. And moving on, Ramona needs to go. That's all I can say about Ebony's black Shabbat. You know what? No, because I didn't even know what to put in my notes. I was just so aggravated with Ramona's being. But as a Jewish person, it seems that there is an active stigma around Jewish culture and associated holidays. So I think it's great that Ebony is inviting the ladies to learn more about her culture. And I speak for all of us when I say that Ramona is triggered. I could use a hundred other more words, but we'll just keep it there. Which brought us to the argument with Leah, Ramona, and Luann, where Leah was totally in the right. She's just making sure that she is legally and financially in an accurate place before they release the song and that's where we got the iconic line that rihanna reposted on instagram seemingly after no time at all sonia gets a chubby pussy cake and ramona sucks it up and gets a dick cake and luann and leah make up and all seems to be well in roni moving right to the segment of my first dates journal myself and men exposed when I first moved to California, I started a first dates journal where I'd write all about my dates, whether they were fueled by Tito's soda, they were great, they were cringy, I got catfished, or all of the above. 
In the spirit of exposing men while exposing myself, I'm paying homage to the name of this podcast with love from Scary Island by sharing these excerpts with you. As a disclaimer, I've modified or slightly changed guys' names or added nicknames for their privacy, but mostly because this is embarrassing on my part. I may also start polls on my Instagram about which one I should talk about each week. So again, I'm plugging my Instagram to follow at scaryislandpod, and if you were following, you would know that this guy was already requested. The fifth fellow to walk the plank off Scary Island is Brian Foster Dogs, because not only was driving a Tesla his primary personality trait, but because I got stuck sitting on his couch on our first date and listening to him not only very badly play the guitar, but very badly whispersing serenade to me for over 35 minutes. Here we go. I'm already laughing at the first two lines, so we're off to a great start. Another quarantine date, and with another guy from Hinge. I'm glad this one was different. Side note, what did I mean by that? Different how? What? What? Okay. Brian and I went to Golden Gate Park for the first time. How was I going to Golden Gate Park for the first time in the end of May 2020? What is happening here? We're getting back on track. Brian and I went to Golden Gate Park for the first time, and he brought his puppy and a bottle of champagne. He fosters pups, and this one was a feisty pit bull. Side note, another one, I hate when guys bring their dog to the park on a first date, especially when they're a very rambunctious dog. Save that for the second date. Anyways, we're also a dog pod here. Anyways, Brian is probably one of the most calm guys I've been on a date with, probably because he's 31. What does any of this mean? We bonded over the bottle of champs. I wrote champs. I need to re-say all of this. This is not okay. Oh my god. And it seemed like we had a lot in common. Oh my god, I'm starting this over. Another quarantine date, and with another guy from Hinge. I'm glad this one was different. Brian and I went to Golden Gate Park, parentheses, my first time, exclamation point, and he thought, and he brought his puppy and a bottle of champagne. He fosters pups, and this one was a feisty pit bull. Brian is probably one of the most calm guys I've been on a date with, probably because he's 31. I still cannot believe that I said that. Who cares if you're 31? You're still an idiot. We bonded over the bottle of champs, and it seemed like we had a lot in common. Once we finished the bottle, we went back to his place for tequila cocktails and ingested some devil's lettuce. It is legalized. Why am I like this? Then I went to the bathroom and came back a mere two minutes later, and he was tuning his guitar and asked if I mind if he plays for a minute. He said a minute period. What am I supposed to say? Period. So I'm sitting there trying to vibe and then he starts singing. Period. Oh my god. <laughs> One song. Two songs. Three songs. He asks if he can play me a song he made up. Messes up said song. Period. Restart said song. Period. All the while. Dot 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 dot. I'm staring at my phone like it's a diamond in the rough on his couch. I think he realized I was bored or lit out of my mind when he put his guitar down and I grabbed my phone almost 40 minutes later. Then we cuddled for a little bit and watched a random show on Prime. We got an iPhone alert that there would be a city curfew due to the protests that were happening in the city. Mind you, this was around June 2020. After that, I wasn't really sure what would happen, so I called an Uber home. He walked me out and kissed me on the cheek. Brian invited me to Napa with his friends for a day trip next weekend, so that seems like a great step. What is wrong with me? I keep second guessing myself, but he must really like me after that many songs. Oh my god. And that was that. I did go out with him several more times, and I did write about 
our date in Napa in my first date's journal, even though that was a second date. Anyways, all right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed episode five. Support with a follow on Instagram at Scary Island Pod, Spotify Podcasts at With Love from Scary Island, and a follow and five star review on Apple Podcasts at the same name, With Love from Scary Island. And I'll read your reviews aloud if you leave a comment in there. Until next time, we're departing from Scary Island. And shout out to Terrence and Jenna for requesting Brian Foster dogs. I love and hate you at the same time. Bye guys.